Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. All right, guys, I just want to talk to you from a parent perspective. So I did not think I was going to have to be starting this stuff so quickly, but um, this week I got a note home from Tucker School that said that we were already going to be choosing pre-AP classes starting next year. So he's going to be a sixth grader. And so I know that you guys, in my opinion, Susan, you are one that are in the midst of it. And Katya, you are, in my book, a success story of taking advanced classes and doing the course of study. So I just wanted your insight about preparing for high school level, more advanced courses. That, it's interesting that you, you brought that up, that they're already mentioning that at the sixth grade level. So I know, and we've, we talk about it a lot in our webinars, that the classes you take in middle school will dictate what your kids can take in high school. And it usually is the track is you take an honors level class, whether it's honors level biology or English or math, and then the next step can be potentially AP classes. But schools are also going towards now a dual enrollment track where you can actually um, partner, they partnered with a community college or technical school in the area, and instead of taking an AP class, you can actually take a dual enrollment class and obtain college credits. Katya, have you had any experience with the dual enrollment? No experience whatsoever with dual enrollment. Have had experience with AP classes. So uh, my son, he started taking AP classes in 10th grade, and he did not go through any specific pre-AP courses. So these AP classes, in his case, was that uh, some of the best teachers actually taught the AP classes at the high school. Yeah, he was probably, I would uh, concur with you, Tara, that that was a success story in his case because he passed all of the AP exams. And I don't know if that had anything to do with the teachers or if the teachers just taught towards the exams, but we've had good experience with AP classes. I know, Susan, that one of your sons is also taking AP this year. Is that correct? He is, yes. My, our oldest son's a junior, and he, too, took his first AP class as a sophomore. I know different high schools offer AP classes at different times. I have heard in some school districts that there are some AP classes that they'll offer to freshmen, but typically what, I, what I've seen just from our experience is that AP classes can start your sophomore year going all the way up through your senior year. So, And I'm glad to hear that you had a success story with the AP classes because I just wrote a check to pay for AP exams. Hudson's going to be taking three this year. And it was interesting. We really researched looking at the particular AP classes he was going to take, not just because they were AP, but we wanted to know how the students did on the final exam with in regards to their AP, whether it was a score of a three or higher. 
um, because we know that schools are looking for not only that you took an AP class, but how you did on the on the AP exam. And we actually steered away from a couple of AP classes that were being offered because the students from the previous year did not score as well. So that was something that we kind of had to take in consideration. So we did look at dual enrollment. I noticed that it came out, um, Hudson's gone to, just for clarification, Hudson's gone to, um, we'll go to three different colleges, or excuse me, three different high schools by the time he goes to college in three different states. So dual enrollment was offered to him starting his freshman year in Georgia and is also was offered in Rhode Island and also here in North Carolina. But one of the challenges we found with dual enrollment was because we're military and, and mobile, we're not sure which college our son will be attending and as if it's going to be in the state of North Carolina or in another state in that we found that some of the universities outside the state that you're attending may or may not take those dual enrollment classes and also we found that some of the private schools were really limited with the amount of dual enrollment classes they would accept too so that kind of pushed us in the direction of staying in the AP track so did Katya, did you find that when uh, Stefan took those classes, like, did he get college credit from the university or just college acknowledgement from it? Yeah, and I think it was a very good point that he raised, that you should check out beforehand how many students who have taken the course actually passed the AP exam with that particular teacher, because we also did the same thing. Because if no students or only a very low amount of students actually passed that AP exam, really think about if your student should take that class with that particular teacher. Yes, I know that some parents actually select colleges based on how many credits the students are going to get after passing a number of AP exams. But we personally, we didn't. But we went by making sure that the college is really just a good fit first. So the amount of credits that the college gives varies, of course. and what we did is we checked the college board website under each college's name to see if that particular college gives credits for AP exams, but that's basically all we did. And then the college that he ultimately selected didn't give him any credits for those AP exams that he passed with a three. So in order to, to pass, you have to have a three, a four, or a five. So um, he had, oh, don't quote me on that. I think he had three classes that he passed with a three and he didn't get any credit for those classes. And then he had five classes that he passed with a five and he got credit for all of those classes that he passed with a with a five. But interesting to know is for a couple of those classes that he got credit for, the college only gave him credit for electives. So in other words, he now has fewer electives to choose from and he still had to take classes like entry level biology. But uh, I think taking those AP classes and passing the AP classes really helped him get accepted at that particular college. And by the way, it's not a very selective college. Um, he is in a selective or, or more competitive program, but it, it's not a selective college at all. But I think that ultimately just taking those AP exams or passing these AP exams at the end of the school year really got him into the program. 
No, I think you bring up a good point. It's, it's something we found also is that when we were looking at some of the colleges and considering the AP classes that um, our son was going to take, same sort of thing. Some of them would take the credit if you scored a four and a five. Others would take the credit if you scored a three and higher. But we just found too that the AP classes seem to translate a little bit better moving from state mm -hmm. to state because every state has their own standards. Every community college has their own standards. And so for us, um, going to three different high schools, the AP route was a little, little better because we felt that when we moved in, the courses he had been taking would be accepted, especially because AP is known across the United States. So, but I, we do have several friends that have gone the dual enrollment side of things and have found it to be very, very helpful, especially when, and it's a key that I mentioned, is they're attending a high school, say for example, in North Carolina, and their child is going to attend a public university in North Carolina. That their student will then be able to go in either as a second semester freshman or even potentially as a sophomore. So one of the big selling points is they, they say with dual enrollment, you can potentially save money, which is, is true in some regards as long as those credits are accepted. But a lot of states are now, I know Georgia is also doing this as well, and Texas has too, they're participating with um, certain community colleges in that if you get your dual enrollment from that particular community college, that state university, for example, University of North Carolina, will accept those credits. You don't necessarily have to be unsure whether or not it's already, there's already a reciprocity in, in effect for some of those states, which I think is a, definitely a big plus for those that are considering the dual enrollment phase uh, and it's something certainly we would consider if that was the path that our, our son was taking so Katya you have anything else on um, yeah so uh, that wasn't even an option for us um, he went to a Dodia school and AP was basically based on that it was the only option you mentioned that with a dual enrollment some students start with a sophomore standing, for example, and because of the credit that the university accepted based on the AP exams, he was actually also or entered uh, college as a sophomore. And I don't know if it's going to work out, but we hope that he will actually graduate half a year early. And that is just based on the AP exams. But um, you mentioned that your junior is taking three AP exams, and that is what Stefan also did. And he also took three AP exams during senior year. I just noticed that there was a difference between junior and senior year. For some reason, senior year seems to be crazy, crazy busy. And the three AP classes in junior year were fine. And the three AP classes in senior year, he struggled with, with time. Maybe it was because there were labor intensive classes. I don't know. But it's really less time to spend with family, especially in their last year of high school, you know, when they're still at home. and he was crazy busy and of course that's also senior years you've got the college applications and senior class related activities so i have heard of some students who take senior year like six ap classes that would not have been an option for us no and that's, so, that's something we're, we're considering as well because i know that schools look at what course 
load you take as a senior just to make sure that you're still continuing with the most rigorous level. But I also think that Mm -hmm. you bring up a good point. I do think there is a limit and a lot of schools will put limits on how many AP classes um, one student should take, but it also kind of has to go into your research in that you colleges will say typically we're looking for a student that has taken X amount of AP classes. Um, You know, one private college that we looked at, their expectation was for their students being admitted that they took between four and six total AP classes over a course of four years. You know, there again, I think it it depends on the, the school that you're looking at. But no, I think you bring up a good point is that senior years, I can only imagine between the the uh, testing and the essays and the applications that that it's going to be a little nutty and I think you bring up a good point though one that I hadn't thought about but um, somebody had shared when we were doing a podcast with Carrie Beckert and the um, anchor collegiate um, college educational specialist she mentioned with the dual enrollment watching and I guess even with the AP Um, potentially watching out for how many credits can you come in and still be considered a freshman because the application requirements for kids coming in as a freshman or as a new student versus a transfer student are different so you certainly don't want to hurt your chances of going from you know being new admissions versus a transfer student because it you know their rates for accepting transfer students may be smaller or less and I don't know is that something you guys had to consider Katya? So, um, typically, if students take AP classes during high school, that would not put them in in a category as a transfer student from another college. I don't know about dual enrollment, but that, that wasn't a consideration for us at all. Okay, so um, even it, with it the college be... credit, you didn't have to worry about that that no, would push them over? Not at okay. all. What yeah, is your sorry. experience yeah, with the uh, weighted grading for AP courses? How has that affected, especially for you, Susan, if you've moved with AP courses, what has been your experience with the weighted grading? So for us personally, it's been it's been kind of interesting. So, um, so our son moved from Rhode Island to uh, North Carolina, and the school here in North Carolina only weights their core classes. So they only weight math, English, science, history, et cetera. But um, for example, our son is taking French three, which in Rhode Island, if he had taken it up there, would have actually been a weighted class. So it's been a little bit of a struggle because you can lose placement, um, you know, if if your school is still competing for like valedictorian um, or uh, they have any sort of standards that way. So we've noticed that that can potentially affect um, affect his overall GPA, and so we're working with the school on, on trying to make some sort of considerations. Uh, I do also think it's really important to show, I think it's called a data set sheet for each school, or school profile, that's what it's called, a school profile. So we plan on when our son is gonna apply to colleges because he's gone to three different ones, we plan on including a school profile for each of the schools that he's attended because each of the three schools are completely different. Um, they all have their pluses and their minuses, but you know what they offer in terms of course curriculum, how they weight their GPAs, how they grade, you know, their grading scale. For example, the school in Georgia, an A was a 94, 
whereas in the last two states that we've attended, an A starts out at 90. So we want that to be included so that whoever's looking at his application in these colleges can say, okay, well, he, he didn't take AP classes as a freshman because it wasn't offered as a freshman, but he had a higher weighted GPA because they weighted these classes versus these other classes. Does that kind of answer your question, Tara? Yeah, it does. Thanks. How about your experience, Katia? You had Dodia okay. schools in high school, and I know they weight, I believe they weight AP classes. Yes, so Dodia schools weigh the AP classes, but they do not weigh honors classes. So I've heard that uh, especially students who transfer from a, a high school into a Dodia school system where the student had their honors classes weighted, they kind of quote unquote lost rank because the Dodia school then didn't weigh those honors classes. But um, I think an important point to keep in mind is the GPA classes that my son took did help boost his GPA. Uh, sorry, the, the AP classes yet that he took did boost his GPA. But ultimately, when you apply to these colleges, they often or almost always recalculate the GPA to kind of level the playing field. So I think that's something that we also must keep in mind as parents. Um, and I know it's very important for, for students to have that GPA that they have worked so hard for. But um, the end of the day, the colleges are going to look at the rigor of classes. Can you talk more? Not just the GPA. Um, can you talk more about the calculating the GPA? So if I'm understanding you correctly, that the GPA for high school students, it, it might matter when it comes to, like Susan said, for valid valedictorian, but if you're trying to get entry into a university, they're going to recalculate that for entry into the university. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Yes. So absolutely, the colleges are, have, they have their own methods, basically. Yeah. To, to kind of yeah, level the playing field, they are going to recalculate the GPAs because they know that the different high schools have completely different grading systems. And it's an only way for the colleges to compare the students and the applications that they're getting. That, that kind of helps parents when they're worried about, oh my gosh, my child just lost credit or lost rank because we moved you know, don't worry so much about it because, again, the colleges are going to look at the rigor of classes at the end. And at that particular point, it may not be so significant that they lost a few points in their GPA when it comes to, to college admissions, again, because the colleges often recalculate the GPAs. I think Katia brings a, a good point, and just from our own personal research, we've noticed that some of the college applications actually ask for your unweighted GPA. So in addition to your weighted GPA, they've been asking for that. And, and I've just seen, too, just from some articles I've read and some different blogs that I've been looking at, there seems to be a bit of a grassroots movement to do away with valedictorian and with, uh, G, with uh, class rank. And that, that way it takes the pressure off kids more so that they can focus on the rigor classes they're taking and and their you know and their grades versus whether or not you're getting you know 0.5 more for an honors class or 1.0 more for an AP class. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, you know, um, what is really the purpose of the AP class? At the end, I would think that one of the, the main advantages of the AP class is simply that it raises their self-esteem. It gives them that feeling, hey, I can do this. I can go to college. I, I'm ready for college. I, you know, took this AP class in high school and I think I can move on to college and it really, really helps them not only with their study st uh, skills, studying skills, but also with their note-taking skills. So I think those are advantages of the AP that we sometimes forget when we just look at the, the GPA and how much money we potentially might be able to save. But it also does a lot for the for the student um, in that they, they get that, that boost, that feeling that I worked through this. It was a tough or a labor-intensive class, but in the end, I did it. Absolutely. I, th I think you're right, Katya, because it truly is a college prep class, and that's ultimately what we're trying to do is prepare to prepare our kids for college. Um, and whether you're doing the AP route or the dual enrollment route, I think that's you know always our ultimate goal, and, and having them to see that their hard work pays off, regardless of which route they pick, I think is, is really what we want to see we want to try to achieve. Well, thank you for exactly filling me in because I, I will tell you I was a little bit nervous when those course selections came home this week. I emailed Tucker's teacher right away and I said, okay, because of course I asked him which pre, it's pre-AP in sixth grade, and I said, which pre-AP class do you want to take? He's like, oh, all of them. There was four core subjects and he wanted all of them and I thought, well, that's not a good idea and they had this agreement explaining a little bit about how they were going to have higher expectations and they were going to have to work harder and the student has to sign it and we had to sign it but I said really which ones do you feel like you are strongest in and you're most interested in and then he said science and math so then I emailed his teacher and and asked her opinion which courses do you think he should take pre-AP and she mirrored that same thing and said that he had taken a a test I think even that day or the day before and his science scores throughout this whole year in fifth grade have been above and beyond where they should be so she said a definite science and math she felt like he could handle it as well and they have the option that once they start if it's not a good foot they can get out of pre-AP but it's harder to get into the class so they suggested taking more rather than less because it's easier to transfer out than it is to transfer in but you guys certainly so are they so are they offering honors class? So in other words, are they offering like main track in sixth grade? For example, I'll pull up science. So they're doing earth science. So are they offering like a main sixth grade earth science, an honor sixth grade earth science, and then a pre-AP sixth grade earth science? Or are they replacing the honors with the pre-AP? Um, correct. So there's only two choices, either pre-AP, okay. pre-AP, okay. pre or regular courses. So those are the only two choices. There's no okay. honors for this particular middle school, just pre-AP or regular. Okay, so they're they're replacing on honors with the pre-AP classes basically. Right, with and I, in moving forward, um, the College Board is actually working towards standardizing pre-AP classes over the course of the next several years, and some uh, places they've already been piloting piloting that. Our school isn't one of them, but so eventually there'll be more consistency for pre-AP as well um, over the course of the next several years. But I want to thank you guys for 
making me feel a little bit better and filling me in as we start moving into those years and looking to take those pre-AP or dual enrollment courses. So thank you guys so much. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast for the sake of the child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.